You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. If I'm a returner in the, in the CFL, I'm telling my agent, don't even pick up the phone if it's Edmonton. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Kura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra. Brazilian Tie is here now. We're only a few more days from Halloween. It's taken a whole different meaning for me as an adult. Um, but this year, I'm making it my mission not to waste half a paycheck on discount Halloween candy. But <laughs> we can still... <laughs> <laughs> talk about the greatest and you actually surprised me with your assessment of the greatest candy ever yesterday with those caramel those individually wrapped caramel squares they're the best those are so good man they're good they're, and you never buy them on like unless it unless you get them no. for Halloween. it's not like you go and buy them at bulk barn although that actually sounds like a fantastic idea right like maybe your road trip <laughs> snack game has changed a little now usually the cfl playoffs in early november like i'm driving you know to regina and back and the amount of wrappers well let's face it i'm probably still finding wrappers in my truck and from 2019 davidson a and w (laughs) garbage (laughs) davidson man it took me a long time to realize it was more than just an a and w (laughs) <laughs> but now they got a Dairy Queen, so things are looking well, up. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, A&W is far superior. Tough to beat the burger family. An Uncle Sirloin Cheddar Bacon Burger? Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the Alberta Association of Optometrists, proudly celebrating a century of caring for Albertans. It happens. Parents can easily miss their child's eye problems. Issues can occur in only one eye, making them difficult to notice. The earlier an eye health or vision problem is identified, the more likely it can be corrected. The IC iLearn program provides an eye exam and free glasses if needed. Needed for kindergarten age children. 25% of kids begin first grade with an undiagnosed eye problem. To book your child's eye exam, please visit optometrists.ab.ca. The Alberta Association of Optometrists represents almost 800 doctors of optometry in over 80 communities across the province. Members are highly trained, regulated health professionals who provide primary eye health and vision care to Albertans. Learn more at optometrists.ab.ca. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, Ty, we got to cruise through this. There's a lot that has happened this week. Let's start uh, here. The Ottawa Red Blacks. Home to the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, the Red Blacks are 10.5-point underdogs. Over-under set at 42.5 points. This is actually quite remarkable. It's the first time in Red Blacks history that these two teams have played while both under 500. 
For some reason, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be one of those games like, you know, when Trevor Harris was in Ottawa where Ottawa would take Calgary to the limit and tie them and go to overtime and everybody's going crazy over it. I just can't see this game being that one, that no. type of game. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think we're going to see a double overtime tie football game. I think we're. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're going to see. I don't think the Stamps are going to mop the floor with them, but I, I just don't see it being that close. We got to talk about what has happened in Ottawa this week. It came down Monday morning. <sighs> General Manager Marcel Desjardins is the first front office domino to fall in the Canadian Football League. This does give them a head start on the search for a new general manager. But got to recognize what he's done, man. The only general manager in franchise history. Three Grey Cup appearances in five seasons. Did bring a Grey Cup back to the nation's capital, but... A 49-71-2 regular season record and was unable to ever really develop a quarterback. It was Henry Burris that won them the Grey Cup. They brought in Trevor Harris, who got his start with the Toronto Argonauts. So really, in Red Black's franchise history, haven't been able to find that long-term solution at quarterback. I will say this. I appreciate them doing this on a Monday instead of trying to sweep it under the rug on a Friday at 5.30, like Jason Kenny likes to do with press conferences. Um, <laughs> was that that too far? But, I like it. I, I no, mean, like, you're not lying. Yeah, three, like you said, three great cup appearances in five years. The regular season record, like it's not pretty. Uh, you know, them being in the East of them being in the East Division really helped them out. The East Division was really weak. I mean, let's be honest. Other than Hamilton, in, in those in these five seasons. Uh, but, I mean, they, they won when it mattered. Like you said, they brought a great cup back to Ottawa. But, yeah, they've, they've never had to, like, he's built the team and, they, you know, the expansion draft and all that, but he's never had to build uh, from the ground up with a quarterback and, and, you know, drafting one or signing one and, and developing them. It's been other teams and he's picked them up. Uh, and, you know, we saw that with Arbuckle and although he never played. Uh, but Matt Nichols comes in, hurt Caleb Evans, or Dom Davis there, but, I mean, just never really given a shot, it seems. He was, and then, you know, taken out. Caleb Evans, they're kind of just baptism by fire because that team was not built to win this year, and I get there's budget restraints, and, and they're trying to, you know, trying to make back some money or not lose as much money as they have because of the canceled season but the team he put on the field this year just it did not lend itself to any success well and Oseg has actually said that the Red Blacks are spending to the cap and they have spent to the cap even within literally $26 <laughs> which I I think is is incredible so, so yeah they spent to the they spent to the cap which I mean, if you're if you're a Red Blacks fan, that's great because it means it shows that they're they're trying to put a team out there, but they just made so many bad, wrong decisions with that money. Well, a lot season. of fan favorites and talented talented veterans have moved on in the past several years, and uh, mm -hmm. you know a fan will look at that and be frustrated by that. But that's what happens when you have a successful team, too. 
Yeah, that's you can't that's keep them business. all together. Um, Santino Filoso with Three Down Nation, he put together a pretty good piece on ThreeDownNation.com that I think is worth reading. And a lot of rumblings there that a lot of that has happened this season also falls on Paul Lapalise. And Lapo even said that it's been a collaboration. He wanted guys he was familiar with. That brings in Matt Nichols. Mm-hmm. That brings in Timothy Flanders. So he's got to wear part of this too. Absolutely. And it's on the field performance. Like you can bring in these guys and you think that they're going to perform for you, but if they don't perform on the field and they don't, and the coaching staff doesn't get what they need out of these players, then it falls on the coaches too. Uh, I mean, it starts from the top down. Like the GM brought these guys in, so it's kind of his fault that the coach doesn't get what he needs. Not, I don't want to say it is the coaching. Maybe this player isn't what they thought. But, you know, coaching, not making adjustments, and it's on the player, too, for not performing. So it everybody's to blame. You can't just point your finger at one guy. But if you're Oseg, Desjardins is, your, is the number one guy to go because it, that's just how it works in professional sports. Um, you know, the, G, the GM is going to take the brunt of it. Um, you know, you usually get two coaches before your job is on the line and he's gone through that so it was it was just his turn to be on the chopping block when stuff went wrong well kind of just like you said though I think it's not a mistake that it happened on Monday and it's not a mistake that season mm-hmm. tickle ticket renewal emails came out after the news <laughs> that, yeah it's like hey we're trying to do something so can yeah. you give us another six hundred dollars yeah and we'll see what we can do next season. We're listening to you. <laughs> now, I feel I feel like if the Elks fired Brock Sunderland and then sent out the ticket renewal email, they would sell so many more tickets. We got to get to that because it's renew. a pretty fascinating in, uh, situation in Edmonton as well. But we'll, uh, we'll get to that mm-hmm. when we talk about Edmonton's but, yeah, game they, here. They could, they could take a lesson here. They could take a lesson. <laughs> now... Talking about this game against Calgary, I, I got to wonder what Ottawa's going to put out there at offensive line here. In 11 games, the Red Blacks have used 11 different offensive line configurations. Oh, we're going to be 12 for 12. Yep. On Saturday, right tackle, Tyler Catalina ended up getting hurt. He got replaced by a rookie, Cattell Catalina mixer. <laughs> I like that. I like it. And then <laughs> right guard ended up getting hurt, and Stephen Charles had to come in for the second half. Mm-hmm. And good for him, the defensive lineman making the switch to offense in that yeah. game. And he uh, he performed as well as he could have. But neither Catalina or Bushel Betty have practiced this week. So... But Mark Corte has. Right. So we probably go 12 for 12 in O-line combinations. <laughs> I don't know if I like the looks of this against Calgary's defensive front. No, ab- absolutely not. It, we talked about it on... that. It just it doesn't lead to success when, you're making, when you have to change your O-line constantly. Like that thing... The O-line has to 
perform as a unit. And when a new piece is added and taken out every week, it's really hard to get any chemistry between uh, those five guys up front. It it just makes it so much harder uh, for your run game to get going, so much harder for your quarterback to stay upright, uh, you know, or to not get pressure and, and find his receivers. Especially when you have a guy like Caleb Evans, who's young and hasn't had a lot of starts. You know, the the more help you can give him, the better. And it, they're just, it just doesn't, it's not working. And and I, I don't know what you can do about it when you you don't have choices when injuries come up and and this the roster sizes and and stuff like that. Especially in the middle of a game, I get changes happening. Then I mean, those, those are sometimes un, those are mostly unavoidable. Uh, but every week, it just seems that this team gets a new injury and and it just sets them back. Look, and I know there's been a lot of talk about the quality of play in the CFL this season, and I, I believe that a lot of it has to do with the year off. But I think one of the biggest parts of it, Ty, is uh, offensive line play. And mm-hmm. w- when a team is thrown out a different combination every week, that's not going to help you. And in, in a team, in a league of nine, when three of the nine teams are getting blown out or, or or a bit of a circus every single week, it's going to be a bit of a, a glaring issue. Yeah. I think a lot of things could be fixed in the, the on-field product if offensive line play was better. Right now, I think uh, CFL defenses are just ahead. They have been for a little while. Yeah. And I'd be curious to see what sort of little tweaks you would do. I don't think much has to be tweaked. Maybe if they would make the ratio the same on offense and defense, so teams aren't just having, you know, Mm, one Canadian defensive tackle. Uh, Toronto is kind of stacked with Canadians on defense, but if if you just had the one Canadian hidden on D-tackle, which some teams actually do, that's that's almost the only Canadian they have on defense. And then they got like, you know, three or four Canadians on the offensive line. If you balance those ratios out a little bit, the offensive line play gets better. And I, I think that would make a big difference to the on-field product here. The, the only thing I don't like about that now is you're punishing a team like Winnipeg. Yeah, that's I know. and But I think... Or you're punishing the teams that actually can draft well and i don't think casual fans are really ever going to enjoy the no. the defenses that winnipeg has pumped out or even the chris jones uh-huh. defense in saskatchewan before he left but that was some quality football i don't think you could really carter was probably the best db in the league was he not <laughs> hey that's bo levi mitchell man <laughs> Fair. Bo's got to have a rebound this week, and it, it to me mm-hmm. it looks like almost a trap fantasy game, if you know what I mean. Like it's really tempting to just load up on Stampeders, but tell, tell me has, about it. They're not that. He's not that kind of guy, and he, he no. doesn't seem like. I don't know if that's going to happen, but. He he has the opportunity to throw for 300 and two touchdowns, and he is one of the cheapest quarterbacks in the fantasy game. So I, I guess there's a case for it to be made there, but I, I don't know if I see one of those massive performances where you know he puts up 30 and you're laughing all the way to the bank. It, I, I don't want to be Ottawa this week. I think Bo is coming in pissed. 
uh, after Saturday night, you know, didn't perform well. They they lost the football game. I I think he comes out on on fire and and just shoves it down their throat. Like I, I like you said, a rebound game, and I think that he he plays unreal. And it has nothing to do with him being in my in my fantasy lineup. I just he's that. I think he's that kind of guy where you know after a loss he's not a, he's not a quarterback I want to go up against. It's like Vasilevsky in the playoffs after a loss, undefeated, right? It's just not somebody you want to play against after that. Derek Wigan was asked if this was a trap game, but the Stampeders need this win, so I guess that's another factor. They they don't have you know a three game cushion in the West mm-hmm. Division where they can go yeah. to Ottawa uh, on the short week and kind of lay an egg. They can't afford that. They need to yeah. go there and they need to win, especially if they still want to have themselves a home playoff I, games. I I don't understand that question when a team is under five hundred and you know trying to yeah to. To catch it, to catch a team to get a home playoff game, I don't understand. I don't understand how you ask that question. That's a terrible question when a team is below five hundred. Still traveling east on a shorter week is not easy on any football team. So no. I'm uh, interested to see what kind of output we see from the Stampeders in Ottawa. Okay, let's go to Edmonton, where the Elks are four-and-a-half-point underdogs as the Hamilton Tiger Cats are in town. 43 is the over-under. I think the pick em on this game is actually quite challenging. I, I don't think it's a lock for the for the Tiger Cats. The Elks have acquired Nick Arbuckle from the Tor- Toronto Argonauts ahead of Wednesday's CFL trade deadline. Some... A conditional pick here. I believe it's a third rounder, uh, but it becomes a second rounder if Arbuckle ends up signing with Edmonton. But I was kind of saying earlier, it is a fascinating spot for Brock Sunderland to be in because I think a lot of people look at him and see him as a lock to get fired. But could this be his last act? As general manager in Edmonton, bringing in Nick Arbuckle. What is it with professional fr- sports franchises in Edmonton letting GMs that are on the chopping block make one last move and then out the door? Like, I don't get that. That makes See, me think that Brock's sticking around. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm wondering. Like, they did it with Shirelli when he signed, when he signed Koskinen because that made no sense at the time. I mean, it doesn't look terrible now, but it made no sense at the time. We've seen, like, the Ricky Ray trade. Like, I, I don't get it. So it makes me think that if if they re-sign Arbuckle, I, I don't know if they fire. I don't know if Sutherland loses his job. If Arbuckle can perform. It totally changes well, the... The optics of this whole season, right? It's like, well, it didn't. It, we didn't win a lot of games, but we might have. We fixed the quarterback position. Not. That, I don't know if it was broken, but it definitely wasn't working. But don't they need to sign Arbuckle before they 
decide to fire Sunderland because Arbuckle becomes a free agent this winter. Mm-hmm. And if they I, I think save- if, they, if they don't if they don't resign Nick Arbuckle, then Sunderland's fired. Well, yeah, because say that they fire Sunderland after Christmas and they still haven't signed Arbuckle, then what? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think you, you got to get this deal done with Arbuckle sooner rather than later if you're Brock. <laughs> uh, I, I still think while well, Arbuckle's only 28 years old, I don't, I have not seen a single person say a bad word about him. Nope. So he's clearly a guy that. You want in your locker room? Hey, maybe he's a guy that will bring that great culture to the Edmonton Elks dressing room. Uh, but I think everybody wants to play for him, and he he just hasn't been healthy this season. And I think yeah. that's that's the drawback. Yeah, he needs to limit turnovers, but if he can stay on the field and stay healthy, I think he does mm-hmm. have a future as a starter in the CFL. Yeah, it, I, he's an upgrade over Cornelius right now. I mean. The guy hasn't. The guy started what five football games in this league, six football games. So yeah, uh, Arbuckle definitely an upgrade there. The, but that's the thing that worries me is is the injuries. Uh, even when healthy, I don't know if he's a hundred percent. I don't think he's been a hundred percent all year. He was still not starting ahead of McLeod Bethel Thompson. I'm not saying that McLeod Bethel Thompson's a bad quarterback. I mean, he did lead the league in touchdowns, but at some point, your record has come into this and yeah they're in a playoff spot they've had a good start to the year uh but there's been some games where it's like why is he still in when you have nick arbuckle and you know it just it there's been games where there's no way that arbuckle shouldn't have come in if he was 100 percent. so the, the health thing makes me raise an eyebrow here maybe the elks know something They've talked to Arbuckle and his team about it, and maybe he is, maybe he just needs, you know, two weeks of, of nothing where there's no practice, no nothing, and he can get back 200% and they can get him into the lineup. I don't know. But it, it, I just kind of raised some eyebrows just with the year that Arbuckle's kind of went through. Let's talk about the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats here, who some pretty significant injuries, some people pretty valuable to their mm-hmm. roster. Bra- Braylon Addison had spent a lot of time on the injured list, finally gets on, has uh, an injury last week. He's going to miss this week. It looks like Frankie Williams is still going to miss, who over the past couple seasons, not only is he valuable for what he does in the secondary, but his return game. I, yeah. I think he's kind of surpassed Brandon Banks in in that regard, and I, I don't really think people talk about Frankie Williams enough for that, but they're going to go to Edmonton. Those guys probably not playing. You, you'll want to refer to the, the depth charts when they come out, but even then, you know, take those with a, with a grain of salt. But Edmonton's facing some injury issues as well. Defensive back Jonathan Mincy left practice on a cart this week, which is just terrible to see. But Armani Edwards is practicing in full for the first time since week two. Kind of one of those underrated guys in the CFL. Hasn't mm-hmm. really been able to to get on the field and perform with Edmonton. But he was one of those guys when you thought Armani Edwards, Darrell Walker, Greg Ellingson, that this receiving core could have been 
very dangerous at the beginning of the season. Of course, it didn't turn out that way, but no. I think our Armani Edwards can still play. Absolutely. And don't forget that he can play quarterback. So when you can only address two, you got to hide go. one somewhere. There's your, there's another option. But yeah, there's there's no reason, or sorry, but there's no reason, like at the start of the year when you looked at this receiving core with Trevor Harris, with Greg Ellenson and Darrell Walker, Armani Edwards, even Mike Jones, like you looked at this and be like, he basically had receivers this good. This receiving core is probably a little bit better than what he had in Ottawa. And it, it just did not work, and I, I don't know why. Toronto Argonauts, three-and-a-half-point favorites as the BC Lions are in town. The over-under at 45-and-a-half. And let's talk about the Arbuckle trade from Toronto's point of view. I'm actually just kind of happy for McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Remember yeah. in, in 2019, James Franklin is there, and McLeod Bethel-Thompson kind of taking the back seat. A little bit, kind of for the forgotten guy, and and then they make this deal for Nick Arbuckle and McLeod Bethel Thompson ends up signing a little bit later on. Still the forgotten guy, but it seems like Toronto has been trying to get rid of him and <laughs> trying to kind of forget about him a little bit. But his tenacity and lately, I've really. I've really thought that he's shown he's got some good leadership qualities and mm -hmm. the, the people in that locker room want to play for him and they want him to succeed. And now, without a doubt, this is the best Argos team that he's been able to be a part of, so that helps his success for this season. But it's his team going forward, and it's really going to come down to how he does in the playoffs. And I, I always kind of laugh at you know, people looking towards playoffs in football because really it's what three games <laughs> maximum. Yeah. Two, so it's two if you're lucky. Yeah, it's not like hockey when you can literally have thirty playoff games and then you can judge oh. somebody no. <laughs> by what Liter they do in the playoffs. Literally, <laughs> literally, you can only have twenty eight. Big math guy, Trev. <laughs> hey, look at the time. I am not. I never. <laughs> My, my hey, brain's not. It's fired. earlier for me. It's earlier for me than it is for you. I guarantee you got twice the sleep I did. So, oh, guaranteed. <laughs> I was in bed at nine thirty. <laughs> McLeod Bethel Thompson's team going forward, and say they win the semifinal, or and then he goes to the East final, has a good performance. I, I think it'll be his team going into twenty twenty two. Beats Hamilton in Hamilton in the East final. Beat them in the semi and then win the Grey Cup in Hamilton. Just be, be hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, now he's he's got he's got the keys to the Ferrari. This is his team. I don't. There's no more questions come game day if Arbuckle's healthy. If he's going to be in, if or who's going to be starting. Uh, and this gives him a chance. Now, you know he can make the he can make mistakes and not be looking over his shoulder. Right, he's not going to be wondering. Well, if I throw another pick, am I getting pulled? And then, and then you lose the job for the rest of the year because Arbuckle comes in and wins that game and gets the next start, and you just never get back in. It, we talked about Ottawa never developing their own quarterback. Toronto now has the chance to run with McLeod Bethel Thompson and see what they've got. 
you know, and maybe the, the more he plays, the better he's going to get, I would hope and I would assume. And now, yeah, he's just, it, it's his job. And that's it. Like, there's no more questions. And I think that makes it easier for him to go out there and play football. And I think the money issue is a big thing here. Mm. They're paying two starting quarterbacks starter money. And now the Argos have encountered some injury issues to Canadians where they've had to sign uh, players to come in and fill those holes. So I think maybe they're up against the cap and maybe they kind of saw that there was a good chance they wouldn't be able to sign Nick Arbuckle in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they just let him go. And you know what? Maybe they get the pick from Edmonton. And then he doesn't sign, and Arbuckle signs right back in Toronto. <laughs> It'd be unreal. <laughs> that, that would be hilarious. But I think one of the key pieces of the deal, and lots of people have been talking about it, Neg List writes to quarterback Chad Kelly, the nephew of Buffalo Bills legend Jim Kelly. And he. Boy, I love interview. losing Super Bowls. <laughs> he could very well become a key piece of the deal here. He was drafted by the mm. De- Denver Broncos. Spent a little time there and with the Indianapolis Colts. And he put out on Twitter that he was excited to be in the six. So it looks like it's only his negotiation rights. They haven't signed him. So it looks like maybe he's intrigued of going Mm -hmm. to Toronto and giving the CFL a shot. And this guy might become a key piece of this trade for the Argos. He also played at Ole Miss. So I'm not, I wouldn't get that excited. I mean, he's not a Manning. So... (laughs) <laughs> the Toronto Argonauts remain undefeated at home in 2021. So what do the BC Lions do here? Lose a football game again. They've been on an absolutely horrific stretch of football. Mm-hmm. Crushed by Calgary. Crushed by Winnipeg twice, including the shutout last week. And now you're on the road again, going across the country to Toronto. Man, I don't like the position that BC's in right now. I do if you're betting against them. <laughs> hey, they're 3-2 and two on the road this season. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see that record getting any better. <laughs> I, I don't know how they get out of this. I, I really don't. It, it's just been so bad. It doesn't seem like there's any light at the end of the tunnel. They have signed a Canadian running back from Surrey, British Columbia, Jamel Lyles. I, I liked what he did in BC before the pandemic. The guy ran Hall, ran hard, and he was drafted in the eighth round, 69th overall in the 2019 nice. CFL draft. Yes, I just had to throw that in there. Now, Ty, <laughs> I, I see this with several teams around the CFL. If they're not going to bother running the ball anyway... Why are they spending money on a running back? Well, why not start a Canadian? Yeah. Go out there and get Anthony Coombs. <laughs> At least that's what Hamilton does. They don't run the ball, yep. and they've got Canadians at running back. <laughs> yep. Work the system. Like, why not? If you're only going to run the ball six times, and yeah. I, I don't want to 
I know it's going to sound rude, but hide them there. Because you're obviously not going to use them. So why why would you why would you use up an American spot on that position? Yeah, I, I know that uh, blocking is a big part of being a running back too, and maybe mm-hmm. that comes into comes into factor. BC but... missed the memo on that, so yeah. That... <laughs> Ask Michael Riley. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Montreal Alouettes one and a half point underdogs as they host the Saskatchewan Rough Riders forty six and a half. The over under for this one. This is uh, this is another one. Well, I don't know which way it's going to go. Matt Schultz is undefeated as Alouette starter, so there's that. And Saskatchewan's last game in Montreal tie, if you remember, was the game. I do not. When there was two forty one left in the third quarter, and then mm-hmm. the thunderstorm came in. The game was delayed for over an hour. Saskatchewan had a seven point lead, and they called the game. And I know a lot of Alouette fans pretty upset about that I guess one. that lead was safe <laughs> becoming a loss on their record but uh, it's funny to think back to that game from 2019 the Montreal Alouettes playing some good football right now man four wins in a mm-hmm. row they seem to be just coming together at the right time I gotta say Ty I don't think touchdown Jake is going to have a bad performance like he did last week. A couple targets, a couple drops, zero receiving yards. I don't know. That might be one of the roughest outings he's had as an Alouette. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really bad and tough to watch. Um, I think going up again, if, if you have Jake Winnicky in your lineup, hope and pray that he's up against Nick Marshall. Because he's going to get some big plays. Man, I know you're a Marshall hater, but uh, Ryder secondary was good against Calgary. They were good against Calgary. Yes. Yes, but I mean, Marshall still makes some terrible decisions. That pass that Bo overthrew, I think it was to Bain. Like, Marshall had no idea where the receiver was. And the receiver was behind him. (laughs) And the ball was overthrown. So the guy was basically wide open because Nick Marshall was more worried about the football than, you know, making sure that he had the guy covered. The Alouettes have also signed Martise Jackson, uh, a Mm -hmm. familiar name to CFL fans. He returned kicks for the Toronto Argonauts, most recently with the Edmonton Football Club. They've had issues in the return game. It hasn't been a complete disaster, but it hasn't been the standard that Mario Alford has set when he's back there. So that injury has become pretty significant to the return game for Montreal. Jackson has returned kicks in the CFL, so he's back into the fold, and he's still only 29 29 years old. You kind of thought that he was going to be the guy for Edmonton. Uh, He only played six games in 2019 and Edmonton's special team schemes just do nobody if any I'm, favors. <laughs> if I'm a returner in, in the CFL, I'm telling my agent, don't even pick up the phone if it's Edmonton. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. It's just like, been... yeah, let, let me go and ruin my career average. 
<laughs> and any prospects of signing a, a decent deal when that deal expires. But yeah, uh, Mary Alford early in the year with flipping field position for the Owls. Uh, yeah. Which, I mean, led led to some great success for this team. Uh, yeah, since he's went down, there's been lots of issues. Uh, you know, dropped punts. Terrible, not terrible, I shouldn't say terrible returns, just but, you know, just guys not getting much in the way of yardage and, and not pinning their team deep, but just not flipping the field like Alfred did. Uh, I don't know how much this changes. I mean, it's been a while since Jackson's played a football game, but... Uh, you know, he has returned in the past, so it gives them a little bit of a, a head start on that. And yeah, they it's just one issue right now that this team it's kinda of standing out because they've been playing so well. But it the the return game has just kind of been that wart. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders can clinch a playoff spot this weekend. If they win and BC and Edmonton loses, riders are in. If they win and Calgary and Edmonton loses the riders are in. So uh, they do need a, a little bit of help to officially mathematically clinch that playoff spot, but it could happen this weekend. They'll be without punter John Ryan, who in the Calgary game, I guess, rolled his ankle pretty bad last week. Mm. Um, so it's going to be a global punter this this week going forward. We'll we'll see like f- how, how from that the TV goes for station? Saskatchewan. <laughs> hey that'd be pretty cool that'd be pretty cool would it but no no can't be any worse than john ryan's punt singles <laughs> hey i can't punt the ball 70 yards i'm not yeah. saying anything <laughs> yeah, what, what, what would you rather have a punt single or a 15 yard shank off the side of some newscaster's foot i think i take the single every time yeah <laughs> So if the Riders are still going to be working Duke Williams, getting him used to the offense, getting Shaq back into the fold, Shaq Evans Mm -hmm. as well, this is going to be a a tough game. Saskatchewan wants the home playoff game. Montreal wants first in the East Division. And it's always tough to play in Montreal, especially if you spend most of your time in Regina. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I know they probably have some extra protocols to comply with. Yeah, like if this if this wasn't a pandemic year, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, w- I would say Crescent Street is far better than Albert. Hey, Dudney is a good time. <laughs> or Dudney, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it holds a candle to Crescent. There's a reason Calgary. There's a reason Calgary would go in there late in the year and lose football games. I, I thought it was St. Catherine Street, but uh, nothing's open in Regina past yeah. two a.m. except Seven Eleven, and by then all the chickens have been cleared out. So what do you do? Yeah, uh, hope that hope that Houston Pizza's open and you can get still get delivery. <laughs> Before we uh, we get to the fantasy for for this week, if you had to bet on a person that was going to be the new general manager in Ottawa, who are you betting on? Oh, Ed Hervey. That's an interesting interesting call. I'm not I'm not giving the job to Dwayne Ford. A lot of people have been talking about that, and he was on TSN 1200 saying that. He's interested 
in the job. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be gaining some traction. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's definitely a conversation happening right now. It definitely is, and I, I just, I don't know. If he had been well, in that position no experience, before right? and then went to media and then went back, I get it, but I wouldn't give him that job coming straight out of the booth. Especially because it seems like a tough it's a tough position to be in. <laughs> yeah, you're setting him up to be a fall guy if it doesn't right. work in two years. Put him in as an you want you you want him you want him there, put him in as an AGM, find a general manager, and then in two or three years, boom. You have your guy. A couple names out there in uh, the CFL right now that have been talked about as the next GM. Uh, Sean Burke in Hamilton, who's been doing a lot of the work anyway. Neil McAvoy in BC. John Murphy in Toronto. Those guys doing the work Mm -hmm. on their respective teams anyway. There's probably another guy in Toronto that's getting a little bit of heat. Oh, Chris Jones. Mm Mm-hmm. But he wants he wants full autonomy, so I, I just don't see him coming into a place where he's not allowed to fire the head coach. Yeah, if he's got to live with Lapo, there's there's that to consider. Yeah, uh, D- Danny McManus is a candidate. Ryan Rigmaiden, oh. G. Roy Sybin. There's there's some names out there. It'll be interesting to see where Ottawa goes. And yeah, the aforementioned. Dwayne Ford. <laughs> hey, he knows his Canadian talent, so. Maybe that's something they want to do. He said that the BC junior football was the best in the country when they can't even, they, they've never beaten a PFC team. So I don't know what he was talking about. <laughs> What's your fantasy lineup looking like, Ty? Um, hopefully better than last week because that was a debacle. Uh, I got Bo, uh, Kadeem Carey, DJ Foster, Hergie Mayala, Jalen Acklin, Curly Gittens Jr., uh, and the Stampeders' defense against the Red Blacks. So I've loaded up a little bit. I've got Bo in there as well. It's it's my running back position I'm not exactly sure on. <laughs> uh, I put James Butler in there right now, and also Anthony Coombs. Now, Anthony Coombs gonna, is just there. I'm going to repeat what I said to you when you showed me your roster yesterday. How many times have we talked about BC not running the football, and then you put James Butler in your lineup? I'm putting it in there because of the price, and you fully know that. <laughs> yeah, because that's a great twenty five hundred bucks for two points. It's a great deal. Hey, better than zero. It's better than better than the Jake Winicky deal I got last week. Yeah, so uh, James Butler outscored up. outscored James Winicky last week. So how do you feel about that one? Uh, I feel great. <laughs> Uh, against Winnipeg, he did have two catches and six carries. And uh, against Calgary, he only had the six carries before that, but also four catches. So if he has four catches in six carries and ten touches and he has eight points, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Uh, I just I feel like if, if BC doesn't run the ball this week, then they're, they're never going to do it. As far as Anthony Coombs goes, he's... Uh, Swiss Army he's, knife. Yeah, and he's he's getting targets. He had four catches last week, four catches the mm-hmm. week before. So that's kind of what my thinking at running back. And then uh, I paired up Markeith Ambles with Bo Mitchell, Kyron Moore. I just feel like he's got more room in the offense with Duke and Shaq out there. And then Curly mm-hmm. Gittens Jr., 
who really is coming on and he's really got himself some uh, chemistry with with McLeod Bethel Thompson. 15 and, catches. And he's been going up in price. Well, in the last two weeks, 15 or last two games for him, 15 catches, 221 mm-hmm. yards. He's yeah. double-digit points both weeks, obviously, and it's a matter of time before he starts getting into the end zone with those two. Yeah, 100%. Calgary Stampeders defense does seem like the obvious choice. <laughs> those that, that They have to be in 99% of lineups. <laughs> and, they're yeah, they're pretty cheap as well. How much, how much money you got left over? Oh, 131 bucks. Oh, 99 Oh, nice, nice. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking at the stats through Week 12. The Ottawa Red Blacks have given up 76 more points than the next closest CFL team. <laughs> uh, they've given up oh eight, eight more touchdowns than the next closest team. Like total? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, he, here, check this out. Ottawa uh-huh. has given up 33 touchdowns any guesses on how much winnipeg has given up well none in the fourth uh 10 pretty close nine (laughs) they're still in single digits how many of those are passing touchdowns eight let me check here pass touchdowns that the winnipeg blue bombers have given up this year three Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, we're going to have some even games this week because Winnipeg's not playing. It's the only reason I'm going to be Man, there's going to be one good game again and it's the Riders. <laughs> Riders-Owls. I think that's the only promising game I see. Uh, I, uh, I, I think this is going to be a tough game for the Tiger Cats. That's uh, I. I don't know if I want to lock in at Edmonton yet. Uh, I just uh, look. Jeremiah Mazzoli crushed the Red Blacks last week. I don't know if he's going to crush crush Edmonton. Are there any fantasy outliers that uh, you've got on your sheet? Um, not Mazzoli usually a lot. performs well in Edmonton, doesn't he? I mean, Darrell Walker. 23 points per game against Hamilton. Uh, I don't so know that's if something I can, to look at, uh, but I don't know if I really like that. Jeremiah Masoli, yeah. 28.4 <laughs> against Edmonton in his career. Oh, so I mean, there's that. Man. <laughs> yeah. He's also, what, over $10,000, so you got to pay for him. Uh, yeah. Michael, Michael Riley at 22.1. Uh, that's the Argos, I believe, right? BC's playing. So, and then Schiltz is 20.1. Um, when it comes to running backs, I mean, it's just been such a crapshoot this year, but William Powell at 15.3 and Stanback at 12.4 uh, are probably your best bets. I mean, Don Jackson, uh, 15.6, but the running game in Hamilton, and just they don't use the same guys uh, ever. Uh, and he's not Chandler playing, Worthy so. in Toronto, sneaky. Sneaky at 19.1. Nice. I think, nice. I think he's had what that one big game, so uh, there's that. But Kamar Jordan, 18.3. Brian Burnham, 16.2. I mean, nobody's really blowing it away other than Darrell Walker. Braylon Addison's out with that injury, so, I mean, he, his numbers don't really matter this week. 
Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge. I'm up against Andrew from the Turf District. I had a big win last week. I have no clue what's going to happen this week. Probably probably a loss. It's just been that kind of year. Who are you picking to win mm-hmm. the games? Stamps, Cats, Argos, Riders. That's what I got right now, but I just yeah. got a hunch about Edmonton. I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, I'll, don't, don't bet online. Bet with me for that game. <laughs> I'm going to bet with no one. Have you seen my pickup record? <laughs> Have you seen yours for that matter? <laughs> it's above four, it's above 500, so it's better than yours. <laughs> now that Jake Winicky joke doesn't seem so funny, does it? <laughs> We're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. You can check out all the great shows in the network at albertapodcastnetwork.com. I suggest you check out I love this. You should too. A part of the Alberta Podcast Network as well. It's a podcast about sharing the things that you like with the people you love. Kind of like to and out. I share the things that I like with the man I love. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. Kid. Hey, um, mom in the last, I guess this would be what, 10 days, has listened to 25 or 26 episodes to catch up man she she was sleeping when uh we restarted the pod this season well and work like she 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 went to grandma's last week so i mean that's a 12-hour drive oh (laughs) so i think she was saving them that's a lot of two and out that is a lot i don't know if i could do that buddy just I, no, I definitely couldn't. <laughs> Indy and Samantha take turns introducing the other to beloved movies and other pieces of pop culture. So check out <laughs> I Love This, You Should Too, and all the other great shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Can you imagine Can you imagine if you sat down and showed me all the movies that are like your favorites that I've probably never seen? And like how long that would take? I actually bet you it goes both ways from the amount of television shows know. that you that you quote and I have zero clue what you're talking about. I think it would go both ways, man. Yeah, but like I've never seen a Batman movie. <laughs> like like any of them. That's just sad. At all. But I, I spent the first two decades of my life just watching wrestling. So yeah, we both did. Yeah, I missed a lot in those years. <laughs> like, remember, remember when we were thirteen? You'd look forward to Monday night. Yeah, I, that's when I didn't work. Uh, yeah, Mondays were the best day of the week, and that sounds so strange saying that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> week thirteen is upon us. Hopefully, we get some good games this week. If not, we got games, and I'm still happy about that. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, and we'll talk to you Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.